Jesus Christ is the Lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. In this study, God's Redemption Timeline, we discover that eternal God enters time so that He can redeem fallen man. The coming of Jesus Christ was not an emergency plan, but an eternal one. In this study, Evangelist Scott Pauley will encourage us to celebrate God's redemptive work accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. Every page of the Word of God is stained with blood sacrifice. All through the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, there is evidence that God requires a sacrifice, that God requires a substitute as a means of salvation. That begins in the book of beginnings. So today, in God's redemption timeline, we start in the first mention. Genesis chapter number 3, it is the day that man fell in the garden. Remember, Adam and Eve chose their way instead of God's way. And they, they're now fallen people. They realize they're naked, they're ashamed, they have allowed their sin to separate them from fellowship with their Creator. What a sad day. And yet, isn't it just like our Redeemer in the midst of that darkness to bring some light? In the midst of that despair to bring hope? How does He do it? Well, listen to the words of Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. He's speaking to Satan, interestingly enough. I, I think this is really ironic that the first promise of a Savior would come with him talking to the devil. He's looking evil in the face. He's looking at Satan the tempter, in the face, speaking to that old serpent in the garden. And listen to what he says, Genesis 3, verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. He said there's going to be a great battle. It's the battle of the ages. It's the battle between light and darkness, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Literally, the seed of the woman is Christ, that is Messiah that was to come. And the seed of the serpent, of course, this is Satan's offspring battling, fighting against the promises of God and the purposes of God in this world. Uh, but the battle is already won. He said, you're going to bruise the heel of the seed of the woman, but he's going to bruise your head. Let me ask you something. Which is worse, a heel bruise or a head wound? A heel bruise may be painful, may make you limp a little bit, but it's not fatal. But a head wound, that's a mortal wound. And he said, you will bruise Messiah. You will bruise him. Uh, you will nip at his heels, but he's going to turn around and put his foot squarely on your head. C.S. Lewis said uh, that Satan has a nail-pierced footprint squarely on top of his head. I love that. Why? He's already a defeated foe. Now, Genesis 3.15 is very important. You should have it marked in your Bible because Genesis 3.15 is the first promise of a Savior. This is really important. This is the first mention on the pages of Holy Scripture that Messiah would come, that someone would come, the seed of the woman, uh, to redeem to save us from our sins. I think, personally, that's why Eve was so hopeful. Uh, her hopes were dashed in Cain and in Abel. Uh, then she was hopeful when Seth was born, appointed. I think even through the centuries, these faithful women uh, were hopeful that perhaps their child, their son, would be the promised seed. And, of course, we know that would not come until uh, the virgin, Mary, 
has a little baby and names him Jesus many thousands of years later. But this is where it all gets set in motion in our world and on God's redemption timeline. This is the first mention. Now, in the same portion of Scripture, God then turns and does something for Adam and Eve. Listen to verse number 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Where did the skins come from? It's very important. They were trying to make fig leaf aprons. God made them coats of skin. There's a world of difference between uh, aprons made out of vegetation and coats made out of skins. There's a tremendous parallel here. You remember Abel brought of the firstlings of the flock, was accepted. Cain brought of the vegetables from his garden, not accepted. Why is that? Because from the beginning, God is revealing something about the fact that the innocent must die for the guilty. There's substitutionary death here, and there's bloodshed. Remember, the New Testament will later tell us that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. There is no redemption by our good works. There's no redemption by our effort, what we can produce. No blood must be shed. The innocent must die for the guilty. Someone must pay the price, and then... And only then could they be clothed, could they be truly covered in their nakedness. So here we are, Genesis chapter 3, the first mention of Christ, the first mention of redemption. What do we learn from it? Let me give you three thoughts. First of all, we have here the first promise. And I love this. The first promise in the Bible is connected to redemption. The first promise in the Bible is connected to Christ This is the main thing. Everybody wants to claim the promises of God. You better start with God's promise of redemption. You better realize that all of the promises of God culminate in the person of Jesus Christ, and there is no greater promise than the promise that sins could be forgiven and a way of salvation could be made. And so we have the first promise, Genesis 3.15, of redemption found in the person of Jesus. Then you have the first provision, And what was the first provision? It was the slaughter of an innocent animal. I wouldn't argue this, but I personally hold the conviction that it was a lamb. I believe that because all through Scripture, this is what God required. Uh, Innocent lambs, sheep. Isaiah 53 reveals our God sending his lamb. You come to the end of Scripture. Uh, Come to the gospel records. Behold the lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What is the lasting picture of our king in the Revelation? He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So I believe God slaughtered an innocent lamb, a little animal, perhaps that Adam and Eve loved and had named. Remember, they tended to all of the animals there in that garden. But they had to understand, and I think they had to articulate to their children, uh, this provision that blood had to be shed and a substitute had to die. So you have the first promise of Christ. You have the first provision in blood sacrifice and substitutionary death. And then you have a first picture. Don't miss this. What did God do once he slaughtered that animal? Just shed the blood? No, he shed the blood, but he took the, the skin of that animal and made coats for Adam and Eve. Why did they need coats? Because of their nakedness. Remember up to this point, they had been naked and unashamed, but now There's shame in their nakedness. Now they realize uh, they are naked in the sight of a holy God. And so what does God do? He covers them. Oh, this is beautiful. We'll talk more about it. But did you know that's what the word atonement means? It's a covering. Do you know what God's redemptive work is? 
Uh, He shed the blood of his own son, the Lord Jesus, so that Christ's righteousness could cover us. Uh, Friend, when you come to Jesus and you receive Christ as your Savior, I love this, you're covered. (laughs) You're covered, and you're not the one covering it. Look, when man covers his sin, it's deceit and guile. When God covers its sin, they're gone. When man covers his sin, it's to hide it. When God covers your sin, it is to remove it. And so the first picture of God's provision of redemption was him covering their nakedness and taking away their shame. This is wonderful. But the first promise, the first provision, and the first picture all bring us to this great truth that man must be redeemed, that man must have a covering for his sin, and in order for that to happen, some innocent had to die for the guilty and blood had to be shed. And who is that? Genesis 3.15, it's the seed of the woman that would come, and yes, friends, has come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first mention is lasting truth. Jesus Christ is our great Redeemer. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for investing in the ministry of Enjoying the Journey. This is a listener-supported program. If you feel led to partner with us, please visit enjoyingthejourney.org where you may securely make a one-time investment or set up a recurring gift. However God leads you to partner with us, thank you. And we hope you'll join us next time on Enjoying the Journey.